Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 44, World Series Preview. Uh, the Cardinals have a new manager already, so we'll talk about that. Uh, obviously, we were recapping last week, week seven in the NFL, and previewing week eight. Uh, we had a sports equinox this weekend, all four major professional sports on the same day, so there's a lot to talk about. All right, you can email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us with five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. We are forced to do that by law. All right. <laughs> All of that out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who is now older than a professional major league manager, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. Uh, older than a manager, older than a uh, an NFL head coach. Um, I don't know about the other major sports, um, but... Is there any NHL prodigies, NHL coaching prodigies out there? So, the NHL doesn't strike me as... as a league that's going to have like a, a a young Sean McVay kind of streak to it. And I, I hope that um, Ali Marmol ends up being a Sean McVay. That would be terrific. Um, but what does that say about us that we are, we are older than like, you know, we're older than coaches now. We're older than managers. Well, I remember the day, well, not the day, but the time period when, there were players coming into the NFL who were like younger than me. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. Like right now, now I'm older than some NFL players. Like I'm getting really old and now we flipped up a level, right? We're, now we're older than the managers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, soon, soon we'll be up there and be like, Whoa, look at these young hotshot owners, you know, a young 60 year old guy. Oh boy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll go up the next a little the bit further <laughs> down the line. Uh, we can only hope to still be podcasting. That um, would be um, that would that. be episode you know one thousand and forty four. Yeah, that would be that that'd be up there. Yeah. Um, It'll be yeah. virtual reality podcasting at that point. <laughs> That's true. Um, what so? What do you make of this hire? You you are a little more connected to um, to the St. Louis Cardinals world than I am. So well, what do you got? Well, so yeah, let's, let's just recap it a little bit. They Cardinals hired Oliver Marmol, Ollie Marmol, uh, as he goes by, he was uh, one of their bench coaches. Uh, so they promoted him to a uh, full manager. Uh, he was drafted uh, as a catcher. I believe the same draft as Pete Cosma, Pete Cosma, who's still kicking around playing somewhere at this point. Um, and he kind of washed out as a hitter and a uh, catcher and became one of the Cardinals managers and worked his way up to bench coach. So, uh, you know, we were reading between the lines last week, trying to figure out why Schilt was fired. Um, but, you know, it, hiring a bench coach, you know, obviously there is some consistency to Schilt's regime, but also I think, you know, maybe some of the differences between the coaches was one of the reasons that Schilt was fired. So I, I have a hard time generating a lot of opinions about this because I literally don't know that much about him as a manager. You know, he had, because he's so young, he really hasn't been around that long. Um, 
you know, I think the purpose, well, the goal of hiring him for the front office is to have somebody there that will implement what the front office wants to do. And granted, that was what they they had Mike Chilt for, right? Yeah. Um, until he wasn't. <laughs> so I think this is like maybe a reset button on that. So, okay, now we really want somebody who's going to do, you know, implement our plans on the field uh, like like we wanted to do. So yeah. now, did you did you read that piece, speaking of Mike Schilt, um, I, I believe it was in St. Louis Today, um, or Saint, is that the website, stlouistoday.com? Yeah, for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah. yeah. Um, that in the, maybe in the exit interview or somewhere along the line, the front office suggested to Mike Schilt that there needed to be, or didn't suggest, um, told him that there would be some coaching changes. Uh, and he said no. And then one thing turned into another and, and they decided to, uh, to move in a different direction. Did you, did you see that article? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely some strangeness about the interaction with the coaches and different areas of the team, you know, like they wanted more synergy or or communication or something like that. It's all very, you know, it's very tight lipped organization and Mike Schild is not leaking anonymously to the press. So we don't really know exactly what happened. Um, But there's definitely some, uh, part about it with the staff for sure. Yeah. And they haven't uh, fired They haven't fired anybody. They kept his whole, his whole staff. So nobody else. Yeah. So fired. you wonder what, who was it then? If, assuming that report is, has some truth to it. Who, who was it? Um, right. And I wonder if, if it, well, and I, and I, I have no reason to doubt the reporting that you read, but I was wondering if maybe it was the other way around as well. Like there were some differences about, Mike Schilt wanting certain coaches to go that he didn't get along with uh-huh. in the front office, wanting to retain them. Um, so there's certainly some something something there. There's enough smoke there that there's something there. I don't know exactly who it's about or what exactly, but there, there's certainly something there. Definitely wasn't about Marmol, or maybe it was. Maybe Schilt wanted him fired, and the front office was like, "No, he's, he's going to be a manager a someday." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it certainly could have been that as well. So. Well, as far as uh, Marmol goes, I, I I know about as much as you do. Um, he's I know he's young. I know he, generally speaking, seems to like embrace the uh, analytics side of baseball. Uh, he's he's you know got a youthful smile. I I, I know that uh, based on the pictures that I'm seeing of him on Twitter. Um, but I guess like when when you get down to it. Um, I think we both are sort of of the opinion that a manager, a baseball manager's main job has little to do with on-field um, decision-making. That the, that the, I don't mean to speak for you, but the, I think we're both of the opinion that the role of the manager is not, say, as big as the role of an NFL head coach. Uh, I agree, especially if that NFL head coach is the play caller uh, for offense or defense. Um, right. I think there's a lot of on-field stuff that they do when they're calling the plays. Um, there's not quite as much of that, especially when you have a catcher like Yadier Merlino who right. pretty much calls his own uh, game, probably, as far as pitch sequencing and all that stuff. Um, and at this point, the front office can probably 
send the pitch sequence that they want for each batter directly to Molina and he'll implement it. Right. So, um, I I don't think there's any, you know, need for a middleman. And I I agree with you. Like, I think, um, I would say a majority of the manager's responsibilities are outside of what we can see. I think we focus on a lot of, Oh, bullpen person should have gone in or they kept him in too long or, you know, shouldn't have double switched there or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's a long season as we always talk about, and you have 25 to 40 competitive people in the dugout plus managers, plus yeah. front office people around it's, it, you know, it's a very much a, a management job and you want to, you know, keep people happy, but you also want to keep people, um, focused and, and working hard and, and determined to keep, you know, keep winning. So I, I, right. I agree with you. I think so- a lot of that is invisible. It is largely about can it can this individual um, create a an atmosphere and culture that keeps forty different people plus coaches um, all aligned towards the same goal. And if he has the trust of the clubhouse to do that, then he should be a, then he should be a fine manager. I I, I think. So I, I, I don't mean to make it overly simplistic, but I think if, if the guys like him and they respect him and he can implement a, a leadership style that, uh, that keeps all these guys aligned and together and uh, you know, keeps them as a quote-unquote team, then, then he, should be, he should be a good manager. Right. I agree. And his, uh, his um, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina are older than him. <laughs> yep, and uh, probably been in baseball longer than him. We're so younger I, than those guys, by the way. Yeah. Well, hey, there we go. At least Wainwright. There uh, we go. I'm not sure we'll about take that Molina, one. but we'll take so, that one. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think he does have veterans, including Goldschmidt and Arenado, and other guys he can lean on. That um, I, I don't think will make it will make it easier for him. I guess you know, give him a little bit of training wheels uh, as he goes. Um, you know, not like a temperamental type person to have in the dugout that he, a veteran that he would need to manage, you know, heavily. Um, so I think, I think that'll help him. I, you know, my guess is that he's going to be good or fine. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with <laughs> as unspecific as that is. Um, I, I think that's what I'll go with. Um, right. And you made and a good we'll point. See. You made a good point about Molina, Wainwright, uh, and outside of them, you have Goldschmidt uh, and Arenado. These guys are have been around. They're almost managers in their own right. Um, so, you know that 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 can allow uh, Ali to to sort of formulate how how he wants to do that. Like almost makes his landing a little softer. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Training wheels, soft landing. I think that that helps him kind of work on something that works and have kind of a, you know, a, a veterans group that will, will help them implement Agreed. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So that out of the way, um, I, I was, uh, I did not mention at the top that we are the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. Um, so the Braves <laughs> beat the Dodgers as, yes. as, as our official podcast uh, was rooting for. Um, and Houston beat Boston, um, since, since our last, uh, podcast, I believe Boy, so. a lot, a lot changed. Cause that series, the last time we talked did not look like it was going 
in uh, in the Astros' favor, and boom, 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 three in a row, and uh, they're in the World Series. Right. So the Astros were on the verge of going down three one, um, and exploded for like seven or eight runs in the in the eighth inning there to to win game four, um, and then and then took two after that just to finish it off. So um, the uh, so that that gives us a, a World Series starting tonight: the Atlanta Braves versus the Houston Astros. Houston um, had gone to five ALCSs in a row. This is their third World Series in five years, um, and the Braves, who haven't won a World Series since 1999, um, so another great reason that we are rooting for the underdog here, the Atlanta Braves. They are, um, I think, uh, Houston is minus 130 or so to win. Yeah, I saw something um, like that, right? And that makes the Braves like uh, plus 150 or something like that. So it's close, but, you know, um, Houston is a, a definite favorite to win this one. Um, first game starts tonight, uh, live tonight. Uh, as we speak, the Braves already have a 2 nothing lead. Yeah, so. they jumped on them. First, uh, first batter... Um... Home run over the left field fence, and then a couple extra base hits later, and scores second run. Um, do you, what, who do you like here? You know, I I think it's it's so hard to root against not root. It's so hard to pick against the Astros because they have so much talent on their team. Um, so let me let me punt it to you first, then I'll, I'll kick it to you. Tell me tell me what you think first. I am rooting for the Braves. Definitely um, official podcast of the Atlanta right, Braves. As as our, <laughs> I mean, we're sponsored by them for crying. Out loud. <laughs> um, That's right. I I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Just that you know the the best player that they have um, went down early in the year, and people wrote them off. And even midpoint in the year, they were several games back of the New York Mets. Wow, um, and and fought and battled back. I'm also a I'm a Freddie Freeman fan. I mean, I, I I like the way he plays the game, but I also just like like him as a like how he you know he he's always on uh, like the All Star games and uh, pre uh, uh, spring training games like wearing the microphone and um, like doing uh, doing all those like interviews. It just seems like he's he's. He's a good guy to like root for. He's a fun guy to root for. Meanwhile, like I look at the Astros, and while I certainly respect the uh, the talent, and I have absolutely no problem um, with like the pointing at pointing at the watch, showboating the home run, like have all the fun you want. They're not as easy to root for. Um, so I like the I like the players on the Braves. I like Eddie Rosario. I, I could do without Jock Peterson's pearls, just personal <laughs> preference. Um, and I could also do without the uh, the nickname Jocktober. Um, but I do like some of the some of the guys on the team. I, I think they're fun to root for. So I'm I'm pulling for them. Okay, so um, I actually do quite like the pearls. It's a little something different. Really, um, I, I I I'm a sucker for something. You know, there's there's so many gold chains out there. Like. I'm I'm good with trying something new, um, having a little bit of a, a, a different fashion statement. I'm all for that. Um, so okay. Jack Peterson, outfielder for the Braves, um, I believe started wearing pearls because they were lighter than a gold chain. Um, didn't quite weigh, weigh down as much on his neck. Um, and as as most baseball things happen, he started hitting well, and they never come off after that. 
the superstition continues uh, to the playoffs. So, uh, and I think the thing, here's the thing about the Astros is that they were caught cheating in 2017 when they won the World Series. And I think that, you know, lots of teams get caught cheating, right? It happens. Lots of players get caught cheating. I think their reaction to that really uh, made it worse in in my mind. I think they were very um, kind of, I'm not thinking of the right word, but they were very um, on their high horse a little bit that they were offended that people would, would be mad at them for cheating. You know, I think they were kind of like, scoffing at at people uh for you know kind of treating them as that enemy not yeah. enemy but like kind of uh, ridiculing them and and bringing signs in and all that good stuff about them cheating i think you know if, if you get caught you can say well you know we did it it was a mistake we're sorry like it was you know blah 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 right you could do a whole like pr thing where where you just sit you know you apologize and I think it's over. Right. But the, the way that they kind of took that on as kind of a affront to themselves that they would be accused of this, which they were caught doing, right. The players didn't get punished because their players were given immunity to speak freely with the MLB. So that, that caused a little bit of a, a, you know, a dichotomy between who was punished and who wasn't. So uh, that was a long rant. Um, But I, I just, I find Houston hard to root for, um, for, for that reason. Um, all right, so we're both rooting for the Braves, and I, th- I, I mean, I'm gonna pick them too because I, I like, I like they just, I don't know, it, it's for for somebody that I, I try to be like very analytical, like they just feel like you know this is not the analytical opinion here, but they feel like the uh, the team that um, you know that can make or that can keep this run going, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we talk about stats and and what's the highest percentage and all that good stuff a lot, but like, it's still human beings playing a game. Right. And if you feel like the Braves are kind of on a hot run, so if they feel like, you know, uh, great, they're probably going to be playing at their best. Right. And so um, regardless of, of what the numbers say, um, obviously, you want to have the best advantage you can with the numbers. But um, at the end of the day, if it's, you know, Charlie Morton against Framber Valdez, like if, if Charlie Morton's inspired to, uh, you know, pitch at his best because he, you know, they have a great club clubhouse and they're inspired and they're uh, having fun. Um, he may pitch better. Right. So um, that's certainly hard to quantify. Um, yeah. But I think that's part of the that's part of, you know, how these teams go on runs like the Cardinals were the worst team in the playoffs in 2006 and won the World Series and started playing great. Um, the Braves had the worst record of playoff teams in the NL. That's they, correct. Yes. Or even so, worse than the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, these things can just kind of happen very quickly. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of games in the regular season and there's not a lot of games in the playoffs. And so if you start, start playing well, it just happens. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I would not be a surprise at all. So the, the odds are a little closer than I thought that they would be. Um, I was hoping maybe the Braves would be a little bit higher, um, to, to sneak one in, but, uh, it seems about, about fair for, for how these teams match up. Okay. All right. So onward and upward. Um, all right. So, what I wanted to do uh, a little bit for our re not rather not go through games, but I wanted to have a couple of uh, big picture items um, 
questions here for the NFL. Um, the, you know, we're into through week seven, through seven weeks of the season, um, 10 weeks to go, uh, or 10 games to go, I guess, for each team. Um, so there's a, um, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the, the Ravens beat them pretty badly. Yes. Uh, 41 to 17 this week. Um, and that puts them at the top of the AFC North. And I believe the top of the AFC number one seed um, if the playoffs the, started today. Right. So, so I wanted to talk about them and I also want to talk about the Tennessee Titans who had another good win this week. So they are, um, not they're in the top four of the AFC. So I just wanted to talk about first, like of these two teams, um, do you think either of them are for real? And by for real, I mean um, not just making the playoffs, but making a deep run into the playoffs. In the yes. AFC. Yes. Both. Both, both of them yes to both. are yes to both of them. Uh, both of them are, are strong, uh, strong teams that are, um, if I'm picking the top three teams in the AFC, it's going to be those two teams and the bills, I think. Um, so I, 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 uh, you know, and maybe, maybe throw, well, I don't know if, if, if you had to like pick another one, maybe throw mm, the chargers in, in the AFC. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going, I'm going Buffalo, I'm going Cincinnati, uh, and I'm going Titans. Um, Joe Burrow is just playing out of his mind. Um, he's the, and they have the running game. Uh, we commented on how comfortable he looks as like as sort of the field captain, uh, making the the audibles and call, you know different different adjustments to the line of scrimmage. He looks in good shape, and boy, does uh, Jamar Chase look comfortable in that offense. Um, and then Tennessee, you know, now they're now they're having. Uh, Derrick Henry passed the ball. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> and there need, were like three Tannehill. guys open on yeah. that play. I don't know. Like, if you look at it, like he could have thrown the ball to three different. I know he he threw it to a wide open uh, receiver anyway. But like, I mean, that's just not fair. Um, they they've seemed to figure some things out defensively as well, which is really where you know where their bread's going to be buttered. I think the Bengals will be able to put up points. I think the Bills will be able to put put up points. If the Titans can hold those two teams, uh, their point totals down, then the Titans have an opportunity to win the game as long as Ryan Tannehill uh, manages the game and doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to be flashy. Uh, just, just kind of run the offense, let Derrick Henry do what he does. Um, yeah, I, I think I think these are the top three teams in our uh, in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the thing that I worry about with the the Cincinnati is them coming back down to earth a little bit. I think they're playing great, but I don't know if it's a full this high of a leap forward for them. Mm. Um, obviously, I, I'm eating a little bit of a crow because I called them a draft loser for drafting Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell, um, and they're making me look foolish because they just his his like eighty something yard touchdown was incredible. He just like ran a slant and like spun out of five tacklers and just turned on the jets um, and ran for a touchdown. So I think um, they are looking good. I just wonder if they're going to come back down to earth slightly. I think they will be probably a wild card level team, but I don't know if they're going to get up there to like 10 and seven level 
wins. I haven't looked at their schedule. Well, it's I know I'm a schedule gonna, guy, but you know, it, it, it's easy this week. They they are at the Jets, who are starting backup quarterback and coming off a pounding. Um, after that, Cleveland bye week, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Chargers, 49ers, Denver, Baltimore, Kansas City, Cleveland. Right, all, so that all yeah. decent teams. Yeah. Um, finished pretty tough there with Ravens, Chief, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. Um, obviously they are, and they're in Denver late in the year at altitude with in the cold. Um, so there could be some complications there, especially with their offense based a little bit more on throwing versus passing. Um, you know, yeah, not a lot of cupcakes. So I think, you know, uh, they had some, they had, they did have, have had some good wins so far. Um, the Steelers one sticks out a little bit. Um, maybe not as much now that we kind of see the Steelers coming back down to earth as well. Um, but the Ra- you know, that, that signature win certainly against the Ravens. Yeah, this week. That, that's a great way to, it, it, that is a signature win for this team. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, yeah, the, the Browns game will be big. Um, and obviously the, the, the finishing kick there, um, with the, uh, Ravens chiefs and Browns. And Chargers are in the beginning of December as well. Pick, pick one of those three teams to to uh, win the AFC. Which one of those? Which three? do you agree that those are the top three teams? You know, I I so that's I guess the other other half of this discussion is: Are the Browns and Chiefs going to come back up? Um, the Browns for injury related reasons. The Chiefs for just playing badly related reasons. Um, I think those three teams are the best teams in the AFC right now. Right now. Um, but I don't think that they're going to be the best three at the end okay. of the season. Um, the Raiders obviously are still there as well too. I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and discount the Raiders. Um, sorry, Raiders. Uh, I but don't they're, think they're, that they're, they're a gonna... good team too. Yeah, they're a good team. I think they're a good team. I, I wouldn't. I would call them, you know, similar to the Bengals. I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit as well. Um, well, they they've been up and down this whole yeah, year. Yeah, they, anyway. they've, they've been on uh, a roller coaster already. Yeah, um, but uh, the Raiders still have two games against the Chiefs. They still have the Browns, um, and they have the Colts and Chargers as well. Um, so, so the Raiders will will get to find out exactly who the Raiders are. Um, the Titans. The, the thing about the Titans is I worry about their defense. Um, and they have tightened it up recently. Um, but it's just been, uh, actually, if you look at the DVOA article on footballinsiders.com, uh, the, the title of it is, are the Titans overrated? So, um, I think the Tennessee Titans, they have ranked at 20th. Um, so that's, that's not. Not great no. <laughs> for them. Um, so if I if I uh, make sure I'm not logged in, I am not logged in, um, so I can't see the DVOA. But um, that's the only thing I worry about with Tennessee is their defense. It's it has been better, but it certainly has been gashed. And they, um, but on their offensive side, obviously they have Derrick Henry, um, and they finally unleashed AJ Brown, um, their wide receiver. Yes. So that gives them so much more of a dynamic offense. So uh, I, I think that the, I think that I'll say the Titans are a better chance to um, make, 
make damage in the playoffs, make hay, make a, make a run. Um, because I think that they're likely to win the division and get home field advantage. Mm. The Bengals are less likely. Um, I mean, if you just look at the odds, they're less likely. Yeah. Um, but I think less likely in general, they have a tougher division, right? So, uh, more likely to be going on the road early in the playoffs. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with that one. Um, so on the other side of the coin, go ahead. I was going to say, I still like the, I, if I'm picking a favorite for the AFC, it's still the bills. Yes. I, I agree with you there. I think they're the best team. Um, and the, most complete team in the AFC. Right. Um, so on the other side of the coin, we talked about the Browns a little bit. I think it's injuries pretty much is their problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs this week um, got, was it the Titans? Did they play the Titans? They did. They, they did. They did play yeah. the Titans. Yeah. So they, they um, in the one of the most surprising sides, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that the Titans scored 31 on um, Kansas City, but Kansas City scored three points, the least number of points that Andy Re- they have scored on Andy Reid's tenure in Kansas City. Um, so, I, I mean, what, what's going on there? Okay. Um, I'm going to, um, I guess, so first off, the game got out of hand pretty quick. So the score was 27 zip at the half. Um now we've seen Kansas City certainly come back um, from from those kinds of uh, um, deficits before. I'm not going to ring the alarm just yet. Um, three turnovers. I don't think that um, that's despite the fact that Mahomes has I think nine interceptions now. Um, I'm I'm still thinking that they have the ability to uh to piece things back together. I'm I'm not I'm not going crazy about this about this just yet. So um let's give them let's give them this week. We'll talk about them a little bit later I think when we do our survivor picks. Um I'm going to maintain faith in in the Chiefs. Here's what cannot be um, Patrick Mahomes cannot be the leading rusher of that team. And he was on Sunday. He was a leading rusher with 30-whatever yards. They need to develop some kind of a running game that they can gash these defenses when they're playing in dime packages. Um, they should be able to move the football um, with, with, the, with the ball on the ground. And I think... If they can balance that a little bit more, um, then they'll they'll be in good shape. Yeah, and I and I agree with you on that. I mean, they they invested so much in their offensive line, um, probably to the detriment of their defense. Certainly, um, in this office off season, they should they need to be able to trust them to to run block as much as they pass block. So, um, and and it's not really a running back issue, right? I, I think. Um, the, whichever Williams brother that they have, Darryl. um, yeah, Daryl is a, is a, uh, uh, adequate fill in for Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. So, um, I, I wouldn't say that that is the problem. The run running game is mostly an offensive line thing. Um, I think it's just, uh, a commitment to getting that done. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm again, analytics would tell you that 
that passing is so much more efficient than running. But at some point, you have to do it a little bit. <laughs> at you got to keep people honest. Yes. And and you saw that in, I think we saw that in um, New England against Tampa Bay, that they, they skewed their defense so badly to uh, protect the pass that they just left five-yard runs open. And if they leave five-yard runs open, you pretty much just have to take them. Um, and yeah. then and keep moving the ball and then, you know, ask questions later. So um, looking at Kansas City and DVOA, they have the fifth ranked offense and the 31st ranked defense. Um, one of the other things I think is that's hurting their offense a little bit is those turnovers that you mentioned. Um, yes. I think Patrick Mahomes knows his defense is bad, so he's trying to do too much. Um, so he's pushing it a little bit further than he would, throwing kind of the craziest passes that I've ever seen him throw from places he should not be throwing it um, to people he should not be throwing it to. Uh, so I think that's that's certainly a big problem as well, and hopefully they can get that you know a little bit straightened out. So yeah, um, I think this this game was was a bit shocking because it's the first time they haven't put points on the board. Even when they've lost, they've they've looked like an NFL offense. This one was different. So I, I think that's what people are, are, are concerned about, but I'm, I'm going to not press the panic button. Yep. I agree. Not pressing the panic button either, either. Um, you know, they, they have a ways to go to get up towards the, the Buffalo bills, uh, level there. Um, one, one scheduling quirk I noticed, and this will come in on survivor is that Buffalo has the easiest pass schedule, right? So their, their schedule so far has been the easiest in the NFL and their future schedule is the easiest in the NFL. So they have a bit of a cakewalk somehow. Um, it's called the so, AFC East. Yeah, they, they should they should cakewalk to the number one seed in the bye there. So that'll give them a huge advantage in the playoffs. All right, right so let's... Um, we talked a little bit about the week, but let's go through our picks and we'll uh, use that as kind of a, uh, a lens to talk about any of the games that we missed. So, Tim, do you want me to give you your uh, Give it give to me, picks? yeah. All right. So you had the, the Raiders minus three over the Eagles. That one was not particularly close. Uh, the Eagles put up a couple garbage time touchdowns to make yep. it look reasonable there. So that was the right yeah, they, side. The, the Raiders the were in control of that game. Yeah. Um, so that, that was that was a good one. Um, you had the Rams minus 15. The Rams actually struggled quite a bit with Detroit. Uh, Detroit pulled out all the stops, multiple fake punts and onside kicks mm-hmm. um, to try to keep that one close. And they did keep it close. So um, Detroit covered that 15 there. Um, so the Rams never really got a chance to put the pedal to the metal there and increase that um, like right. the other team, like the other um, double digit teams this week uh, were able to. So the, uh, the, the Lions were the only double digit team that, that covered. So, right. Um, so that was a loss for you. And your other one was a win, uh, Indy plus three and a half. That was the one that I was also on. Um, despite my angry texts about Carson Wentz to you. It was angry. It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't kind. Um, they, they did pull it out in the end and won outright, uh, in, in what they called a atmospheric river. So Uh, basically just rain and wind. So, uh, so heavy there in San Francisco that uh, Carson Wentz decided to just throw it up and get pass interferences or have his guy uh, jump up and catch the ball while the other guys fell down. So yeah. the strategy worked and 
they they got out of there with a win for us and for uh, for them. Look so out! Good. Look out! Indianapolis starting to put the pieces together, and that's a team to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. I think they could they could make a little bit of noise in the end of that wild card and and give Tennessee uh, a little bit of trouble for for that AFC South there. So um, can't put on the Tennessee can't put on the coasters yet. So. I had. I, I also went two and one. Okay. Um, Keeping the pace. So the pace. I had uh, Cincinnati Baltimore over 47. Um, Jeez, that Cincinnati did, almost did that by themselves. <laughs> I know. They almost did that by themselves. It didn't start out great. It was like 3-3 midway through the second quarter. It wasn't looking great, but um, it just absolutely exploded in the second half. And so that one came through. Um, obviously, I had Indy plus three and a half. So those are my two wins. Um, I had New Orleans minus five, which was a very aggravating game. Another atmospheric river, I think. In C- this time it was up in Seattle. Um, and New Orleans just uh, James Winston was another quarterback I don't like uh, betting on. He just was throwing the ball all over the place. They should have run away with that one in the second half. And yeah. they did not. Out- outlasted somehow. Um Yeah. The, yeah, it was, the Seahawks. What a, and yeah. like, it was like no one wanted to win. The Seahawks missed two field goals. Uh, Geno Smith looked like Geno Smith. Um, you know, it, it was just a, kind of an ugly game. Um, if you took the points um, with the Seahawks, you 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 uh, found yourself in a nice situation. But um, other than that, that that game was kind of gross. Yeah, the the one touchdown for New Orleans was scored when. The shotgun snap was dropped by Jameis Winston. He picked it back up, threw it to Kamara, and Kamara just walked into the end zone from like 10 yards out. Yeah. It was like uh, remarkably inept. <laughs> pretty hilarious. By, the, by Seahawks. And that's when I was like, okay, like this is going to happen. Like we're going to cover this five and it's going to be like at least a touchdown. Um, it just never happened. Never, just never put the two two things together. Alvin right. Kamara had a huge game for my fantasy team, which was great. Uh, or one of my fantasy teams. Um, but uh, other than that, that one was not a winner, unfortunately. Um, I was I was hoping for a perfect three and zero there to start to catch up with you. So, um, just to reset our standings, Tim, yeah. you are nine, eleven, and one. Okay, I and I am seven and fourteen. So you are two and a half games up on me. So I need to put a couple uh, put a couple of three and O's. Yeah. Um, and, and as we know, I'm not that competitive. So you know, I, I'm just hoping for us both to do well. That's right. We like it when both of us do well. That's right. All right. Um, so anything else you still want to talk about uh, week seven? No, good, good, good wrap on that. Okay. All right. So let's go to week eight. Um, so usually we talk about it through the lens of Survivor and our picks. So which one do you want to start with? All right. Let's do, let's do Survivor. Let's do Survivor because okay. I've been yeah. – I've been kind of thinking about this there's a, a few options but I, i'm pretty sure i've talked myself into this one okay all right um so i Tell have me what you're thinking i've got out two of the um the top survivor picks according to the survivor grid website yeah two of the top five picks of the week are cincinnati at the jets and the rams at houston i've used both teams already so i'm right. i'm out for those two games um, which leaves um, two big spread games and then like going hunting for some of the bad teams. So the big spread games are Kansas City at the Gi- or excuse me, hosting the Giants on Monday night, Buffalo hosting Miami, um, 
Then you can go hunting for Jacksonville. They're playing in Seattle. Um, or you can go hunting for Detroit. They're at home against Philadelphia. And or the other team you go hunting for is um, is Chicago. Um, they're at home against San Francisco. Now, boy, this is this is this is like I don't know. All right, so my thought here is I don't want to touch that Seattle game because they don't look very good right now, and Jacksonville looks scrappy. So I'm not sure what's going to happen in that game. Um, I don't like the fact that. The uh, San Francisco game is, if that was in San Francisco, I would be picking San Francisco, but it's not. It's in Chicago, and it's at 1 o'clock, and they're a West Coast team. Same thing, if that game against Detroit was in Philadelphia, maybe I'd think about Philadelphia, but I I can't do that. Um, So that kind of leaves me thinking the best bet here is probably – so. Um, is probably Kansas City. Um, now, they're playing host to the Giants on Monday night. The Giants did just beat Carolina 25-3. to But let's pump the brakes on that for a second. It was 5-3 to in the middle of the third quarter. Right? Like, that, that, that game got blown out. But the Giants, I think, had, if I'm not mistaken had, uh, I'm looking at it right now, so I don't have to be mistaken, had 302 total yards. So it's not like they were running the ball up and down the field against the Panthers. Um, So, and then you look ahead at like, uh, you look ahead at Kansas City's schedule. If you're going to win your survivor pool, you're probably going to have to use Kansas City at some point. And let me read to you their opponents the rest of the way. Home against Green Bay, not a slam dunk. At Las Vegas, that's a rivalry game already. It's never a slam dunk. Home against Dallas, not a slam dunk. Home against Denver, not a slam dunk. Home against the Raiders, away at Chargers. Home against Pittsburgh, away at Cincinnati, away at Denver. I don't know that any of those games are slam dunks for them. I I agree with you. And especially those Denver-Las Vegas games, like those are rivalry a divisional games that I try to stay away from when I'm right. survivor. Um, even though they're at home, uh, I don't like, I don't like any other, like I probably wouldn't pick Kansas city again. If I, unless I pick this them is today. it. I think yeah. you're, you're in a use them or lose them point with them. And I am tempted to like, think about Atlanta at home against Carolina or Denver at home against Washington. But Vegas is telling me not to think about those. Cause those, right. Those spreads are two and a half and three, respectively. Um, Vegas is telling me to look at Kansas City uh, pretty strong. That's a 10-point spread. Um, The Giants are kind of banged up offensively. Um, As long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, um, I I think that that's the right place to be. Um, So I'm going to keep an eye on it. I actually don't know. Is there a possibility that Saquon Barkley plays, or is he on IR? I'm pretty sure that he's not going to play this week. I'm okay. pretty sure that's a no. Um, yeah. So as long as that's all, all the you know, the same, uh, the same stuff, then I I'll take Patrick Holmes uh, in in this one. So, um, 
I, I think I've talked myself into it. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at the schedule, I think, um, you know, just like you, and I have a couple of different entries and different things, but, um, I'm saving Buffalo there. As I talked about their schedule is cake down the, down the stretch. Um, and Tampa Bay I'm saving as well. They, they have, um, uh, you know, if you save Tampa Bay and Buffalo for the last two weeks, you could get Tampa Bay at the jets and Buffalo at home against the jets in 17 and 18. And basically, you know, sail your way into the championship. However, you have to get from week eight to week 17 to do that. Um, and that's a bit tricky if you don't use them. So, right. Um, I have aspirations on winning it, <laughs> so I'm not going to use them. Um, and I've already used the Rams um, in the entries that I didn't use the Rams. I used the Rams last week. Um, so um, I also used the very trendy Cincinnati at, at New York Jets uh, pick as well. So um, I agree with you 100%. I'm going on all Kansas City on all my entries. Um, it's all, I'm all in on Kansas City this week. Um, they have a, what looks like about 20%. So they're the se- they're still the second most popular pick. So it's not like a off the beaten path pick at right. all, but, um, they are spread out between Cincinnati, Kansas city, Buffalo, and the Rams, um, this week. There yeah, hasn't it, been a lot of, um, big upsets. So we haven't, you know, had a, a big swath of people eliminated. So I guess the big upset was probably the jets beating, um, the Texans a few weeks ago. That was probably the biggest hit to Survivor this year. Was it the te- over the Texans? Yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, yeah. Texans. Yeah. I, I always do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was that's probably the uh, the biggest one. Tennessee's another one. Like if that game's in Tennessee, I, I would consider picking them against Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the some of the uh, I, I yeah. think the one that like really tempts me is Denver. But they've lost four in a row. Yeah, Denver. I mean, Denver's not, you know, obviously they're not that good. We're going to be running into some teams that aren't that good here pretty soon. Um and have to pick them, but uh, yeah, that's I mean, obviously uh that one's in Denver. Washington has to deal with the uh the altitude there. Uh, I I don't know. I, that one that one is one I, I'd like to stay away from. I don't know enough. Like I don't I don't have a good handle on either of those teams right now. Well and, enough. and Washington's been scrappy too. Yeah. Like they they've been in games and and, I guess and the they Giants were two to a certain extent, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean Washington, you know, there was a, a crazy call where Taylor Heineke slid head first before the goal line and they counted him down. Uh, before the goal line, and then they had another weird call at the goal line. So they they had four trips inside the um, red zone and got three points out of it. So, yeah. you know, if they regress to the mean at all, they are uh, pretty tight with Green Bay there. They're in that so game. They're in that game. So, and anything happened. So, yeah, I don't trust Denver there. I don't trust the Eagles, you know, as far as I could throw them. So I, I'm, I'm going to try to not pick them at all in Survivor. Um, they do have the Jets on their schedule um, week 13. But mm-hmm. uh um, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Kansas city is the way to go. Um, if Kansas city was full strength, Kansas city, I think we'd be seeing a lot of more people on this one. Um, so I think it's a, actually a good bounce back spot for them, um, to get, to get, to get right. 
against the Giants. Okay. I am seeing that uh, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay may practice tomorrow. Okay. So that is something to keep an eye on um, just just in case. Um, So if, if something does happen, um, there, I may revert to Buffalo. Um, but, uh, I, I, I do think this being a home game for Kansas city is a, a good spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I have to think that I have to play like I'm going to win. Um, because if I lose, if I lose Buffalo at this point, uh, you know, I'm going to be at a huge disadvantage towards the end picking more questionable teams. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I guess if from what I've seen with the Giants, Saquon or no, um, if they go into Kansas City and uh, and win, you know, I think just have to tip my hat and say, all right, well, you know, <laughs> you <Yeah>. did it. <laughs> um, so that that's the way that, yeah, I think I'm going to, well, I've, I've changed my mind before, so I'm not going to rule out changing my mind, but um, we're putting Kansas City official pod pick for okay. Survivor. All we're, right. We're calling it. All right. We're on it. Then. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, give me your uh, picks this week, the gate. Okay, so um, my picks this week, I am going to start on Thursday night. Um, I I usually um, try to stay away from these Thursday night games, and I usually um, try to stay away. If, if I am picking a Thursday night game, I usually try to stay away from the away team. Um, and I'm going to break all of those rules right here um, because I like the Packers getting six and a half points. Um, I, I think that this, whether or not Devontae Adams plays, this is going to be a close game, um, maybe decided with a, with a field goal. Um, so... I'll, uh, I know that line moved. I think it opened like around, I heard on the radio, it opened around three. And then when Devontae Adams went on the COVID list, um, it went to six and a half and he's still not out. He might, he might be able to play because he's vaccinated. He just needs two of those tests that, um, that say he's good. So it's possible he still plays. Um, so, you know, I'm going to ride with Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and take the Packers, and the points. Packers are at Packers are at home on Thursday night, right? They're away. They're away. They're, They're in Arizona. Away. Okay. In Arizona. So I'm taking the six and a okay. half with the away team. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, I wonder about no Devontae Adams is gonna be tough uh for them, but you know, it's hard to it's hard to get almost a touchdown for Aaron Rodgers to get almost a touchdown and not like that bet, you know? Right, right, exactly. That's that's yep. uh that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Um all right, then I'm going to go and um, and pick the Falcons minus three points. I think they're they're playing well. They've found a way to get Kyle Pitts involved in the offense. The Panthers do not look very good. Uh, had to bench um, Sam Darnold last week. Um, this is one of those that like I considered in the survivor um, in the survivor uh, pool. Um, especially if the Panthers don't have um, uh, name slip in my mind again, Christian McCaffrey. Um, again, that, that's uh, that 
stunts their offense quite a bit. Um, so I'll take the Falcons winning at home minus three. Yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers have kind of fallen apart a little bit. Matt Rule is not looking like the genius a lot of people thought he was um, coming into this year or, or even last year. Um, and the Sam Darnold experiment is falling apart. Actually, probably better for the Panthers that it falls apart now versus uh, you know him having a mediocre season and them trying to figure out like how much to pay him. <laughs> right. Um, it's better to know that he's not the answer now. Um, so they have to go back into the quarterback carousel um, next year. So um, Atlanta, it's funny because they pick Kyle Pitts in like the top five. And now in week eight, they're like, oh, yeah, we should probably just pass it to him. Yeah, maybe we should spread him out and throw him the ball all the time. Maybe, maybe just he's huge and he's fast. And let's just throw him a ball he's a million a, times. He's a mismatch nightmare. Yeah. So um, uh, amazing that they it took them a while to discover that. But now that they have, they you know, their offense is cooking. So. Yep, um, they sure do look good. And then my final pick, I'm going to go with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road against the Saints. I'm not inspired by the performance. I know it was pretty garbage weather, but I'm not inspired by the performance of the Saints last week um, or last night, really. And I, I think that... Uh, Tampa is going to be more than five points better than the Saints. So I'll pick them to win by a touchdown. Yep. Getting, getting Tampa Bay under a touchdown. That's a, that's a good move. Um, I did not have any of those. So we are um, different on all our picks. And I have, I have uh, a decision to make that I'm going to make a snap decision on my last pick when I get okay. to it. Um, so I am taking the LA chargers minus five and a half. Last I looked it was five and a half. Yep. Yes. Um, versus New England, I think um, New England is riding high from a big win over the Jets, um, and the Chargers are a little bit low uh, in the market. You know, all the smart people that you listen to when you talk about uh, football betting talk about the market. So I'll say market to make me sound smart. Um, so I think um, the Chargers getting under a touchdown um is is something that I'll be happy with against New England. Yeah. Um, I think we just I mean just a couple of weeks ago that uh, New England had trouble with uh Houston, right? So um I, I think Chargers getting five and a half and I believe Chargers coming off their bye um they are. as well. So uh, I'll take them five minus five and a half. Um yeah. so my next pick was a, a, another similar pick to your Tampa Bay pick um, where I was kind of like, well, th- this line is under a, a key number here. So I'm taking Dallas minus two and a half um, against Minnesota. Thought about on that one. Yeah. Sunday night. Um, I think Minnesota is a good team, I guess. Uh, they have some snake bit losses, but um, if you're giving me, you're saying Dallas uh, by a field goal. Um, I think Dallas has the better offense. I think Dallas has the better defense and Minnesota tends to play uh, like it's the 1940s and then they're running the veer when they're up in a game. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think this one's going to get, um, you know, too far out of hand in Minnesota's favor. You certainly could get out of hand in, in Dallas's favor. So um, if you're giving me less than a field goal, I will take that. So Dallas, Dallas also coming off a bye. Yeah, there you go. Uh, two teams coming off a bye. Uh, Minnesota coming off a bye as well, so that that one's a little bit muted. But um, I still I still like Dallas more than a field goal, more than Minnesota. Yeah. 
Um, and my last pick is going to be um, San Francisco minus a field goal uh, over Chicago. Chicago looks lost. 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 Lost is the only word. Yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, their coaching staff looks lost. Their defense looks lost. Um, their quarterback looks lost. Um, everybody looks pretty much lost. I think San Francisco looked pretty bad uh, against um, in that uh, atmospheric river. Jimmy Garoppolo was like the ball was flying all over the place. So I think Kyle Shanahan has a great record with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that they get it sorted out a little bit, um, you know, against a much worse team in Chicago. And I think they, they win by at least a field goal there. Um, they're capable of, of better than Chicago is capable of. Yeah. I really wish that game was a home game for, uh, for the 49ers. Yeah. Cause that would be my yeah. pick in survivor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, unquestioned. Yeah. I think, uh, San Francisco is better than they showed on national TV and um, Chicago is probably slightly better than they showed, but I, I don't think that they're going to um, San Francisco's defense is still pretty tough. So True. Not, not a lot from Chicago. Okay. So we did survivor. We did our picks. We're all on the board with our picks. Uh, we got the world series going on. For some reason I have the Sixers game on behind me um, because I what am glutton doing? for punishment. I don't know. My goodness. Um, we got five, nothing in the, in the world series. Wow. Wow. Go Braves. In the bottom of the third. In the bottom of the third. We've been going. It's The game started an hour and a half ago, right? It started it's, before we started recording, and it is only the bottom of the third inning. Wow. Okay. This is, this is another one of those times you just look up and you're like, how is this even possible <laughs> that this game is only in the third inning? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Usually, usually you're looking at like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, My goodness. All right. So, well, it'll still be on probably when this thing goes live. So you can uh, catch up on the end of the uh, the World Series Game 1. So <laughs> right. anything other than World Series Game 1, which probably will still be going on tomorrow, um, are you going to be looking at this week, Tim? Uh, the rest of the World Series, um, it, it's definitely the, what do you call it? This, this is the time, right? So this is late October, early November. We're going we're going World Series all the way. Um, I do want to see this uh, this Ohio State Penn State game. Got some good Big Ten games this weekend. Ohio State uh, hosts Penn State. Now that game doesn't look uh, quite as good because of the seventy five overtime loss that they had. Where you texted me and told me they were just doing two point conversion. I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, that's a, that's a new rule. Like I, I was trying to figure out, like I was looking at the score there in like six. So it was Penn state against Illinois. They were in like sixth or eighth overtime. I had to turn, I had to turn it off because I had to go do something else. And I wanted to check in on the game and I'm like, how do they scoring each scoring two points in overtime? Well, the new rule is that to, to quicken the game and, and less plays on the, you know, on the players um, in college overtime, instead of starting at the 35, they just do um, alternating, uh, two point conversions. Yeah, it's from the two yard line. So it's just try to score a touchdown. Okay, did you get it or not? Then you switch and then keep going. So uh, the Illini end up prevailing uh, twelve to ten. Twelve to ten is that right? Twenty yeah. to eighteen. Twenty to eighteen. All right, I knew that. I knew there was a round number and an eight in there. Yeah. Um. So that one was 
uh, kind of a hard watch. Um, so, and I, certainly for Penn State backers. A side note: I was playing golf on Saturday, and so I was just kind of periodically checking the scores, and I see Penn State, who presumably has this high-powered offense, um, at twenty to eighteen and nine overtimes or whatever, and then like right below it, Wake Forest and an Army are seventy to fifty-six. <laughs> like what? is this world <laughs> this is going on um so anyway the big 10 uh has that game michigan at michigan state i believe it's at michigan state uh and that's number i want to say number seven versus number eight that should be a good game as well um yeah so i'm, I'm looking forward to to those big 10 battles on saturday plus the world series okay great so um it looks like we probably as long as there is a game five in the Astros Braves game, we'll have another sports equinox on Halloween on Sunday. So All right, uh, yeah. baseball, I- I'm assuming there will be some basketball and hockey. Um, obviously the NFL will be played on Sunday. So um, we could have a winner in the world series. Game six is scheduled for a week from today, um, November 2nd. Um, so we could have a winner by then. We might not. I hope that we have, uh, you know, a long series because I like to see those game sixes and game sevens. Um, so definitely going to say that you need to um, keep your eyes glued to the World Series and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we will talk to you next week. There it is. There it is. Sometimes I just dive into it. I'm like, okay, I think I've talked enough. Yeah. Time to go to the outro. Yeah. Um, I was. I had like a whole topic for this outro uh, planned, and then I forgot it. Oh man, what what channel is this game on? Is it on TBS, Fox? Or I don't know. I have the YouTube TV, so ah. it shows up. I, it's right. probably. On, I'm guessing it's on Fox. It's almost always on Fox. Okay. All right. I, I never know. Switches back. Oh oh! I remember what I was going to ask you. Um, did you watch the Manning cast last night? I watched part of it, you know. Oh I, I I often I often keep the volume low on it as I'm like around the house or whatever, so I don't like the interviews don't are not that appealing to me. So um, but I did enjoy the beginning. Go go back and, and watch the Marshawn Lynch. The the whole thing is just absolute hilarity. <laughs> I did see the part where he talked about how many uh, drinks he had. Yeah, how many started. shots of Hennessy he yeah. had, and then. He's just like he, he's, he's just the coolest guy. Like he goes on talking about how like uh, talking about Eli Manning. He's like he, he goes, um, you know, you know what I'm saying. You throw passes and, and, and guys are catching them with their helmets. You feel me? Like <laughs> just his his demeanor. And then he's dropping f bombs and like <laughs> just doesn't have a care in the world. That guy. Yeah. Good for him. I'll, I'll take a look at that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, funny. I love I love Marshawn Lynch. <laughs>